Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Nobody's Podcast. As the world turns and grows, so does our show. Up until this point, Annie and I had decided this podcast would not broach political issues. However, we've never sat out of a conversation in real life, so it was only a matter of time before we broke our own silence. We promise not to bog you down with the political stuff, but moving forward, we will no longer be shying away from stories we feel passionate about. That's why this week we'll be discussing country trio Lady Antebellum's controversial name change, Donald Trump's niece's upcoming tell-all, and Nebraska Bryce being all up in his feelings. We understand if you want to stop listening now, but for those two or three brave souls who want to continue, we promise this will still be a very stupid show. All this and more coming up. Right into that one. All right. Hey guys, I'm Annie. Hey, I'm Bryce. We We're are the, the nobodies. nobodies. Experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nobodies. Hello, hello everyone. We're using AirPods this time. We're really just like getting into the Zoom culture. I feel like we're just slowly evolving our sound yeah well we're just like we just want to get creative. i feel like we're taylor swift i feel like we're taylor swift constantly evolving our sound okay do never insult me like that ever again um i feel like there are far better examples of things that have evolved like i don't know for instance like, the human the human body yeah i don't know like humanity in general in general um but yeah, we're just trying this out to see if it sounds good. Yeah. So Annie, yeah. Um, how, how are you current winning this week? I think I know your answer. I mean, I hope so, but. Um, well, <laughs> I have started back like to work in the field, which I feel like. Is that a win? Of, yeah, I think so. It felt real. I will say like, it felt really good to be back. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. really great. Cause I mean. You, because when you, I mean, I don't, I don't need to get into all this, but you, uh, you know, you're in sales and you, you travel, you drive around for work, you travel for work every day, yeah. and mm-hmm. you just started in a new territory, like right yeah, before like, COVID happened, like three so weeks before. Weird, you're still probably trying to navigate that, right? Yeah, like a lot of the doctors that I was talking to during quarantine, like on the phone, had no idea what I looked like in person um which is like such a weird concept to think about like yeah I mean at least this is the thing I know most people like hate hearing themselves like on a recording or whatever I think doing this has made me realize that like I have a pretty decent speaking voice like there are far worse speaking voices out there than mine so I'm hoping that at least that my voice alone didn't like turn them away from ever wanting to talk to me in person. <laughs> so yeah, I doubt it. I mean, you, what is wrong with your speaking voice? No, but you know how like everyone hates listening to themselves. Right. Yeah. That is I, true. I don't hate listening to the sound of my own voice. Oh, okay. Like I'm okay with it. So it makes either I'm just like completely self-absorbed or 
like I, I, the sound of my voice is okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think you have a great voice. I think it's a, it's a voice for podcasting. They, well, I have a face for podcasting too. So <laughs> I know you always that. say that. It's such a lie. It's just because I'm so uncomfortable on camera. Like you can even see when we're doing these Zoom calls that I'm like constantly fidgeting. I don't know where to look. I don't know what to do with my hands. You're, I mean, hello. Are you looking at me? I and yeah, I know that's how to like why, but thrive but on camera. You what? I thrive on camera. You do. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Like that's why I constantly have 15 liquids around me so that I can like put my hands on something. I have chocolate milk today. Yeah, oh, that's, I mean, nothing beats a good glass, a nice cold glass of chocolate milk. Like Chocolate nothing. almond milk, too. Um, oh, did I yes. ever tell you the chocolate milk story with my mom? No, I don't think so. Okay, so when I was 20 years old, before the legal drinking age, I went to Kansas City over my spring break with mom to help her with, like, some work stuff because golden child. And Yeah, seriously. I know. And at that time in college, I had a fake ID. I couldn't go to the bars with it because, um, like in my sorority, if we got caught out at the bars underage, like it was really bad, but I would use it like at restaurants, that sort of thing to, um, to get drinks. Anyway, my mom and I got to dinner with her business partner at the time in Kansas city. And I tell my mom, keep in mind, she knows I drink because at this point she's had to come pick me up in LinkedIn for being so hungover that I thought I was dying. And Oh yeah. Yeah. So she knows that I drink at this point. I'm also, it's March. I turned 21 in May. So it's like six weeks before my Slippery slope. Slippery slope. Okay. So we go out to eat, we go out to dinner and I'm like, mom, I have my fake ID with me. Do you care if I order a margarita? (laughs) It was a Mexican restaurant. And she was like, ooh, I don't think so. I don't think I'm down with that. And I was oh. like, what? like, why Mama not? Mama Wilk? Yeah. Keep on, um, this, is, this is why people don't, like, real, they, people have to realize why I am the way that I am versus my siblings. Because this is the type of shit that I had to put up with. So uh, my mom's like, ooh, I don't think so. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay, we'll just, like, see what the vibe is. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the vibe's okay, like I'll order one. The if vibe, okay, Emily. I know. I don't know who I thought I was. So the the server comes to, the, to our table, brings us chips and salsa, whatever, and is taking our drink order. Mom and her business partner order margaritas. It gets to me, and I am like ready. And I go, um, I'll have, a, and I go to say margarita, and mom goes chocolate milk. She'll have a chocolate milk. <laughs> I was horrified. <laughs> like the littlest child drink you could possibly order. 100%. And I just remember looking at her and the guy was kind of, the server was a dude. He was kind of like, okay. <laughs> chocolate milk. Okay. I've never like been She could so have just said water. She could right. have just said water. Yes. But I don't know if I maybe had said, have um, and like maybe sounds like she was like no chocolate milk she'll take a chocolate milk (laughs) mama will does does take she does no cues she knows social cues like crazy she definitely she probably picked up what you were throwing down and thought this is not gonna happen true but then like you look at all of her other children and they were ordering drinks at 
I'm much younger. If Sammy, if Sammy would have been there, he would have been what thirteen and would have asked for a margarita. She would have been probably like, Yeah. I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. You have not told me that story. Well, um, I wanted to say that I am quant winning, and this is going to really shock you because it was one of the manliest things I've ever done. But I fix my parents have a pontoon boat that goes about two miles an hour. We live on a small lake. I think I'm in Nebraska, as I've said. They live on a pretty small lake with, that has, that can have like trolling motors, which is not like a, you know, speedboat motor. But there was something stuck in it, and I fixed the boat motor and pulled a plastic bag out of it. Like it, it was, it was like in between the propellers in between, there were like, there's little spots where you, it, so it can propel literally. And there got there, there was a plastic bag and a rogue fishing line in there. And I basically become a boat mechanic right before my very own eyes. Um, how did you get, like, how did this happen? Before I compliment you on being manly, I want to know exactly how it happened so that I, we're not lying to anyone. Well, no, well, so it happened. It just, we, we heard some, we were on, we were, we usually take a boat ride, my parents and I, um, with the very, it's a candlelit, no, not candlelit, sunset boat ride, mostly every night. And, um, we heard something rustling in the motor, like it wasn't, it wasn't going properly. So that's how we just kind of noticed it and we pulled it up once we got back to my house, like pulled it up to our little docking area and saw that there was stuff underneath it. So, I just got down because I was, my parents were, my dad was on the boat still and I got on our dock and I was, so I was kind of fidgeting with it and like pulled out all this stuff that was in there and, you know, fixed it. But then, you know, like yesterday, but then yesterday I told you how much I love the friendship of Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston. So I think I just like totally negated. Life is. (laughs) I was like, I love it. I love it. I texted you primarily for the reason that I said I love that Jennifer Aniston wished Courtney Cox a happy birthday because I'm so obsessed with friends. Yeah. I will say that being, it's on my progress. Friend, being your friend is like an excellent lesson in balance. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think like even so you balance that out, like your love with friends and like you really were like hype on the interactions of Jen and Court. Like, you were all yeah. about it. Yeah. And now I, I come to find that you fix a boat motor. And you yeah. do things like you drink a lot of protein shakes, but then you do that by calling it fire in the hole. So, like, it's just... <laughs> like, every positive is, like, kind of offset by a not-so-positive. Yes, absolutely. It has to be. Yeah. No. So, I mean, it is, it's really taught me a lot about balance in my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you. That's such a nice compliment. Well, it wasn't, um, okay, that wasn't so we, my intention going into it. Well, it was, and I took it as that. So, well, uh, no, but I, I wanted to still, we, you know, we are continuing our wide education uh, from last week. We want to make good on uh, what we've been, what we've been learning. I have not, I will say full disclosure, I've not been as great this week. Um, but I have a lot of good intentions that I will talk about, but I want to hear what your suggestions are for people uh, to listen to, to continue, you know, growing during this time, during this social movement, or this social justice movement. So I have spent a lot of time this week watching the Netflix series, Dear White People. 
Okay. Yes, I've heard of it. Okay, so um, just for people that have not heard about it, it's basically about this Ivy League university and the race relations. It's a scripted show. Um, yeah. But it's, I just don't want people to think that it's like a documentary because it's not. Okay. But it does have a lot of like very historical facts in it and things like that, but it's basically about race relations at this Ivy League school. And... I will say in the first cup, get through the first episode because like the way that it's filmed and they're also only 30 minute episodes. Um, oh, okay. The way it's filmed like takes a little getting used to because it's one of those things where like each episode has like a different focus on each character. So you're seeing okay. the same event kind of like for instance, the first the event of the, the event of the first season is that this, um, I don't know. It's not like this white magazine, I guess, white run magazine, um, hosts a blackface party. So, and it takes place. Holy like present shit. Day. Yeah. It takes place present day. So like the first season kind of takes you through every character's per like perception. Of yeah. So that. it's like advantage. It's a vantage point type yeah. series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know the technical terms. Um, I don't know if that's a technical term either, but it should be. Cause that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, I will say like in the first couple episodes, there were things and interactions that happened in a certain way where I was kind of like, Ooh, like the, what that I've obviously never done blackface, but like, um, that, yeah, like where I, where there was something that happened with a white person and I was kind of like, Ooh, I've probably done that. Like it was just, yeah. it's very eye opening to see like how, our actions as white people can be perceived by black people. Even though like, it's just completely innocent in its intentions. It's not innocent in the way that it makes One, I, and I totally get that. And I, and I, I'm sure I would feel the exact same way as you. And I love, I mean, I can obviously love going back to this, but I love going back to Chelsea because it's, it's very similar to her. If you look at her stand up, you've seen things that she's done. And you're like, whoa, I mean, now looking back at it now, but, you know, then she, here she is, you know, on this side and does a documentary about white privilege and is trying to educate herself. I think it is about just being open to, like we've talked about, open to growing and open to Mm -hmm. like realizing that this is, you know, this is a real issue and we need to continue to move forward. And that's all that we can do. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, but I guarantee you, I feel the same way you did because I'm sure that I've, you know, unwilling, unwittingly said something that I didn't mean or whatever. Yeah, it kind of leads. Well, and it's very it common. Like, I think we, we're going to talk about just kind of yeah. leads into the thing. Which, so. Yeah, I think we just have to give people sorry. the grace to evolve and change their opinions and want to change their behavior. Like, obviously racism has been an issue here for 400 years. So it's not going to be like all of a sudden our generation gets woke and it goes away. Like that's not how it happens. And so it's just about also though, I saw a thing on Instagram today that said, it's okay if you need to take time to educate yourself, but while you're taking time, people are dying. And like, that was also very powerful for me too, because I've been wanting to give certain people kind of grace to like, pull their head out of their ass but at the same time like yes we need time but you need to be taking steps in that time you don't get to just ignore it as a problem altogether 
Yeah, I agree. Oh, I agree. I think, I think, I think, I think that's, I think that's really enlightening too. Um, it, it, it is about, like you said, it's a, kind of about balance. And I think that you need to like baby steps are still steps. And I don't think you can just like, I'm just going to educate myself and that's all I'm going to do. You can't be doing that. You have to be on the right side in the first place. So totally. I, and like I said, I have, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. No, you go. This is a topic that I could really, we could, I, we could do a whole episode of just me talking about my thoughts on this. So yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just, like I said, you know, I just said that earlier and I was being full disclosure, you know, I haven't done as much as I probably could this week, but I have looked into, I also want to start supporting, you know, cause I lean toward, I probably lean maybe not unwitting, not like I tongue-tied. Hello, I don't remember that. I'm having, I'm having a stroke. Yes. Uh, <laughs> intentionally, I don't intentionally try to lean toward, you know, but if I'm starting a show, maybe I wouldn't watch dear white people or maybe I wouldn't, you know, I'm, so I'm trying to like, I want to, so in that same regard, I want to start, I got a list of these fiction books, like horror. Mm-hmm. I love horror movies and horror. They're like mystery, mystery books and stuff. And, Someone, one of my friends, Bobby, he, uh, he is on Instagram, so shout out Bobby. He was, he posted something about all these, uh, books by, these fictional books by black, uh, authors. And I really want to, like, I want my next book to be read. I want to be, I want to read something, not just necessarily, yes, I want to educate myself, but I also want to support. You know, I don't want to just mm-hmm. have, I don't want to just be, okay, here's, here, you know, I'm going to learn about this. Now I'm going to feel better, but I want to, like, train my mind, like, I want to gravitate toward the show because I love, shows and books and everything else like just hear different voices i'm a writer and i have a i have a certain voice and a particular voice and i want to i want to be more open to listening to people of more minorities and more women and more people of color and just having a different voice instead of the same monotonous stuff that we hear all the time and me saying that as a white man but i mean at the at the same time i want to be able to open so that i can better I can further myself as a writer and like being able to write for those characters. Cause my, my shows and stuff that I'm writing or the things that I write, I don't want just white characters. You know, I'm not, right. I'm not just write, writing for white people. I'm white. I'm writing for wi- women, like strong women and, and, you know, powerful people of color and stuff. So that's sort yeah. of where I'm at. That's uh, awesome. I just want to be more, I, I want to not only be educated, but I also want to be supportive. So I'm trying for that. No, that's great. I mean, I think we also have to acknowledge the fact that it is completely natural for us to gravitate to people that look like us. Like that's, right. that's normal. So being aware of that and wanting to expand your horizons and expand the people that you're exposed to and the content that you're exposed to is huge. Like I took yeah. special note of that on Blackout Tuesday, um, right. the social media thing. Like when I, when I did that, like me scrolling on Instagram that day, almost everything was blacked out. And I was, it was a eye opener for me that I am not following enough people of color on Instagram. And so yeah. I took steps to find people that don't look like me to follow. Totally. And also I think I just want to put this into just because I think that it's not being talked about enough is that we have to support black women. Like it's there. Absolutely. I mean, obviously like we see black men being killed every day, but also like black women have 
like a crazy higher chance of dying in childbirth. Like there's so many things that are stacked against black women. So we need to do our part too. Um, yeah. And I've been doing some research on how I can really contribute to some black women owned businesses, like in the beauty industry and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's all about, it's all about educating ourselves and that's all we can do. So I hope everyone is still doing that. I think that's a huge point too, because you, you know, I mean, women are marginalized already in society mm -hmm. and black women are, are even more so. So I think, I think being able to searching this out and then correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your white people was created by a black woman. Yes, I believe so. Okay. So I mean, that's, again, that's a great, that's something that, you know, you can support right there. It's 30 minute show. You mm -hmm. know, the more views that they get, the better, the better. And there are, are three seasons. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea, but I've like, and it's funny, like people, there is, um, so think, don't, watch it, don't watch it with kids in the room because there are like some pretty graphic sex scenes. Or your parents, because that's what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm don't like watch it. I was going to suggest my parents watch it and I was kind of like, I don't really want Well, they can watch that. it themselves. They can watch it themselves. I'm just, I've never even seen the show and I'm just saying like, if there's any sort of like explicit stuff, I just, that just. I feel like I've been watching things and I'm like, okay, we need to stop watching this right now because I'm getting very Isn't that funny that we're in our 30s and there's still like that moment of like, ooh, this is weird. Well, yeah, because you're like, these are the people that made me. Like, yeah, ew, why do you have to say it like I, that? That's what I'm saying. It's not great. Ew. No, it's, that was not great. Yeah, no. Okay, so our first topic is kind of what we've been saying, but basically, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you the rundown. Country Trio, formerly known as Lady Antebellum, has officially changed their name to Lady A after they announced last week via social media that they intended to distance themselves from the term antebellum that, direct, that has direct ties to slavery. In a statement, the band said that when Lady A formed 14 years ago, the group didn't consider the free civil war associations that weighed down this word. However... Following the name change, they've also come into hot water with musical artist Lady A, a.k.a. Anita White, for changing their name to the stage name she's had or she's been using for more than 20 years. So, Annie, I, I, wanted, I know that there's a lot to unpack there. I think maybe we should start with, you know, the, the name itself, because I know you have, we were texting about this, and I know that you have some things to say. Well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, so we looked up the definition of antebellum because I this did not realize I did not and I don't think you did either like we did not realize it had anything to do with the civil war or slavery or anything no. like that um, I thought it was houses because I've heard like antebellum houses but those are like plantation homes which doesn't make it any better really but Right. That it, I, I think it's, a, it's also a style of house. But literally, the Webster's definition is before, before war. Specifically, before the American Civil War. Right there on Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. I also just want to read. Remember I said to you, God. Um, oh, no, so they give examples that? on the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. They give examples of antebellum in a sentence. And I told you to look at oh, this. Oh, yes. Yes, I um, did. I did see this. And one of the... Oh, God. One of the first... or one, I guess one of the... Sorry, I'm just like so appalled I can't even form words. Um, 
one of the sentences used says, and this is a quote from a Los Angeles Times article, um, which was written April 30th, 2020. Um, their goal is to reawaken passion through role playing, including a section of therapy that finds three couples exploring antebellum master and slave stereotypes. That's so gross. Which is so disgusting to me. I mean, I understand like that people have like weird shit that they do in their bedroom and that's kind of their yeah. own business. But like, that's something that is just royally fucked. And right. I mean, you cannot tell me that Lady Antebellum did not do their research before they picked that name. This is what I don't understand. I mean, listen, if you want to, if you want to wear a collar and bark like a dog in your bedroom, fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, this isn't, this isn't sadomasochism. You don't have to do this, but I agree with you. I was just going to say, honestly, I just want to say that I really like Lady Antonom. I like their music. I've gone to the Hollywood Bowl. I've seen them. And they, when I was there, they put on a very uplifting, inclusive show. They all seem like very decent, progressive people who are, who are willing to, well, I'll get into that in a second, but I, I really think that this is, Exactly. I think I texted this to you. I just think, I don't think that they had malicious intentions with this. I just think that this was, this is white privilege at its very finest. And then they're just, they're, they're literally, yeah, well, absolutely. And they just probably thought, they probably looked up the word, they saw it and they were like, oh, you know, like, like I'm sure a lot of white people would do. And they'd say, oh, you know, slavery, okay, so there's connotations of slavery, but slavery's been over forever. So, we can use this. The other thing that's stupid is that this doesn't make any, this name didn't even make any sense. Like I'm a country fan. It doesn't make any sense for the band that they created. They have a girl and two guys. There's nothing. I mean, yes, they sing country music, but it has nothing to do with anything. I don't even know why they would pick this name. It's stupid. Yeah, no, it's, I don't like the name in general. Also changing it to Lady A where the hell was your label or your manager to not look to something like that already existed. A stage name already existed like that. Not to mention the real lady a is a black female. I, I mean, awful. I, I mean, quick Google search. Now they were, they are referred to as lady a by their fans, but again, saying it, that doesn't mean anything. And I totally agree with what you said. How was no one there being like, oh, maybe we should check out and just double, double see if there's not somebody else that might have this name or whatever. This is legitimately a PR shitstorm for them now. Yes. And they need to fire their representation. Like that should Absolutely. have been. Why did their lawyer not look into that? Like I have I, no clue. How can they trademark a name that's already probably been trademarked? I mean, either that or the real Lady A was not given the same opportunity to go through the proper. Exactly. Because exactly. that's a good possibility too. You know what? But and the other for thing her was, for raising hell about it because. Absolutely. And you know what? And to be fair, we must, we have to say that she has, that they all have come out and they are in the same article and said, even Lady A, Anita White uh, has said, you know, I've forgiven them. We've all talked. We're very open, honest conversation. We've made progress. And it sounds like they made good on that, which is, which is great. I mean, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Let's just throw that out there. I, yeah. also, really, I also really think that, you know, 
country music is 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 a very interesting you know i'm a huge fan of country music and it's it's a very interesting um genre and i will say that i do commend them i do commend the formerly lady antebellum for not giving a shit about the people who listen to country music who would who are probably i mean i looked at twitter people are pissed about that they have to change their name they're like this is bullshit why are you giving into this leftist progressive people based on this blah blah and i commend them for saying fuck you this is ridiculous there's a fraction of people that are that are angered by this and they're standing up for you know for equal rights and this is i mean again it was stupid i don't agree with i mean they should have done a lot of different things but i do commend them for being like no we're changing our name because it's bullshit yeah. And now we're at least at least we're acknowledging it is instead of being now blindly saying like, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with this. So, right. I'll I'll right. give them that credit as well. Yeah. Even though I don't want to. I just <laughs> I know. But I also just want to say, too, and I and I in conversations I've had with my my conservative friends and I know that you agree with me, but feel free to hop on board this. But I just think that if you're not on the side of black lives matter, like you are on the wrong side. And I fully believe that I never, I'm not really someone who is, is so definitive like this, but Mm -hmm. I just think the people who are not on the right, on the right side, there are plenty of issues in this country that should and need to be debated, but this Mm -hmm. is not one of them. This is something that if when people look back on this, I like, I don't ever want to be, I don't want my kids to think when they read about this in their textbooks to say, Oh dad, where were you? And me to have to be like, well, actually, you know, I didn't really think that this should be. A, I, no, you're going to want to be on this side. So if you haven't gotten on board, just go ahead and 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 move on, because this movement is going to prevail. And I just am I'm sick and tired of having a conversation about if this is it, what is right and what's wrong about this, because there's nothing wrong, and we just all need to get on this side. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. No, I like that. I completely agree. Like, if you're not on the Black Lives Matter side, you are on the wrong side of history. So, good yes. luck. Oh, gosh, that was in my notes. I was like, I was like, as Annie would say, the right side of history. Yeah. You want to get on the right side of history on this one. I think so. Um, but, um, yeah, that's Lady Antebella. I'm like, they're doing the right thing. It just sucks that it took until 2020 for that it, to happen. It really does. And I think that's where a lot of people are. I mean... Listen, but I think that we also have to make good with what we said at the beginning of this. You know, we do sort of I feel like you do have to make you have to get you have to give people a little bit of grace and say here, you know, they are here. It was stupid in the beginning. You have to. But they're owning up to it. And I think that's, you know, what what you have to do in these situations, because not yeah. like not everything will change overnight. And I'm just, you know, I'm learning every day and I'm not, you know, I think we both are. We're not coming at this with egos. You know, we're just we're just taking it like it, we're just thinking about equality and that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. So completely. I agree. Okay. So next, next, next on the docket, God, people are going to be like, what is this podcast? What are we listening to? I know they're going to, this is going to be different than most episodes, which is fine. Yeah. We'll get back. to. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been stuck inside this whole time. Like what, We've been stuck inside for so long. Like, what else are we supposed to talk about? Well, and we've said from the beginning. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Oh, we have a weird connection, I think. But we've said from the beginning that 
we talk about current events on this podcast and there's nothing more current than what we're talking about right now. Absolutely. Amen. Okay. So next up, um, Donald Trump's niece, Mary will divulge a series of damaging stories about him in an upcoming book called too much and never enough. How my family created the world's most dangerous man, which hit stores on July 28th. In the book, Mary recounts in uninspiring detail everything from her Uncle Donald's place in the family spotlight and the appalling way Donald, Fred Trump's favorite son, dismissed and derided him when he began to succumb to Alzheimer's, according to the, script, to the description of the book on Amazon. She also reveals to be a primary source for the New York Times' coverage of Trump's finances and provided the newspaper with confidential tax documents. Uh, (laughs) here's my thing um how long do you think before he tries to have her arrested (laughs) i'm shocked he hasn't like i don't really i don't know i haven't seen anything any tweets about her either no i haven't either and um i just feel like he's (laughs) ever arrested what what could he ever arrest for that would be amazing like what is it that's what i mean like that's what he would do he would be like she's an enemy of the state (laughs) i don't know why i'm laughing but it's because it's true because that's the that is the fucking president that we have he's a clown and a cartoon character and we have got to enemy of the state oh my gosh okay so um, i think let me let's go back for a second i just in case anyone has ever questioned where you and I stand with Donald Trump, <laughs> we are obviously not, not supporters of him. No, we are not fans. No, we are not even close to the radar. <laughs> um, to be fair, I used to be a fan of the Celebrity Apprentice. Like that was one of my favorite shows. Like, well, that's because he's allowed to act like a complete fucking idiot on that show, but not when he's running. Yeah, he was so not when he's the leader of the free world. Like you don't get to act that. You do not get to be a reality star and tweet whatever the hell you want when you're the leader of the free world. Period. No, no, never. Okay. The now, other thing is, said, we do have to remember that yeah. this is being recorded, and that his administration will have access to it. <laughs> Very true. It's very true. And it will live forever on the internet. Exactly. So we just have to be a little mindful. Another thing that people probably, and that you are very lucky that you don't see Annie is the fact that since we do this on zooms now, especially when I get like, when I'm feeling a little soapboxy and getting on my high horse over here, I, my computer is so full of shit. Because I'm enunciating every word. Oh my god, you're taking a I'm like looking at my computer like trying to cover up all the I saw you wipe it down with a towel earlier. (laughs) (laughs) It was full of like saliva. I'm like what I feel like a like a bloodhound. Yeah, but that's isn't that the most effective way of acting, according to Joey Tribbiani? absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, the most effective way. You have to enunciate your words and spit. Um, I will say that this book, the one thing about this book that's interesting to me is that it is 
It is not like the other tell-all books, and let me just run down those. Um, but this is this is a, because this is a member of his family. It's it's not um, like several books have been written about him. James Comey, the former FBI director, Andrew McCabe, the former deputy FBI director, Cliff Sims, a former Trump aide, and let's not forget Omarosa, his former apprentice contestant turned political advisor, have all written tell-all books about how horrible his administration is. But I, I will say that all of those could be chalked up to them being upset that they were fired or Omarosa, I don't know, not winning the, the Apprentice or winning the White House. I don't know what she was doing there. But um, I think, I just don't understand, and maybe you could answer, I don't know what would possess his niece, who's a clinical psychologist, by the way, to write a tell-all. I mean, what's the, I, I just don't see the, the same, like they could be willing, trying to get another job or whatever. I mean, what is, she, I, I just feel like she doesn't have this much to lose. Why is she doing that? Other um, than the fact she, of the reason why we're talking about. I mean, I think probably the release date on this is pretty specific before the election. Yeah. Right. Um, and right before the Republican National Convention, actually, even more so. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's probably very strategic in that way. Um, I mean, he has to be a pretty awful human being for his own niece to want. That's to that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I Which just, I, I want to, Yeah. And I honestly don't want to go down a crazy rabbit hole about the president because it's frankly not worth the airtime. But like I've mentioned, I, have, I do have a lot of conservative friends and, you know, I, I'm so grateful that they want to debate stuff with me and everything. But for me, at least with all of this going on, like making excuses for Trump is over for me. Like mm-hmm. no one come to me and say, when he tweets something in, incredibly daft or deaf, um, and say, well, that's just Trump. That's just who he is, or that, or well, that's not what he meant to say. That's not a defense, and that's not going to work for me anymore. So I'm just like not going to talk to people who say that because this is too serious. Like this is this has gotten so out of control that I can understand. I can honestly even understand why people voted for him the first time. I don't agree with it at all, but I can I can wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Maybe people felt marginalized for some insane reason. A group of people felt marginalized. I get it. Okay, but like the jig is up. Like you won the game. Let's end this now. Like it, enough is enough. Well, and we have to. I will say, like I have a lot of conservative friends too um, that do not support Trump. Like, right? There's a big difference between being conservative and considering yourself a Republican and being a Trump supporter. And absolutely that's very different like go be be conservative be i'm certainly fiscally conservative like me too me too you know but i would like there's a difference and it's okay to say like that your representative from your party is a complete fucking asshole like that's okay he is a shit yes. human being he is he's a shitty person and yes. what's so interesting to me is why all of these ultra religious quote unquote god people are such huge supporters of someone that could not be more opposite of walking in Jesus's path. 
Like, oh, I mean, it is. It's, <laughs> I, I'm like trying to contain myself because I don't want my neighbors to hear me screaming about this. <laughs> People, pull your head out of your ass. Go be conservative. Believe whatever you want politically, but yes. understand that that doesn't mean you have to support this crazy person. Absolutely. You, I mean, it's just like there's been too many, like his administration, not only him, but his administration. It's just, it, it, it always, all roads lead back to him, unfortunately, and, yeah. and maybe fortunately, but it, it's just like, you can't, I, I, I mean, I just, I just think, like I said, I've said enough, you know. I have, I mean, one, I have one more question about this topic. I just have one more question about this topic. Yeah. Um, how quickly did you pre-order her book? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll just do the Cliff Notes version. I'm, I'll wait for audiobook. I actually think that's going to. You know that the liberal media is going to read it in like one minute and post all of the all the good stuff in. It's going to be like, like a so part long. of Biden's campaign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. Uh, well, um, so I told you this too, but I have, uh, uh, I've been in my feelings a little bit this week. This is what really people are really going to enjoy. Talking well, about. Okay. We maybe should have done this first and like hooked them in because hopefully people are still listening after our little political rant. Yeah, I know. I hope um, so. Maybe, well, I was, I was hoping thinking like save the best for last. Like, Hopefully they made it this far. I will say, yeah. I'm going to say this and you never know what I'm going to say, but you texted me yesterday and said you might cry on this episode. Yeah, yeah. So regarding like what we're about to talk about, I don't know what we're about to talk about, but um, yeah. I just want you to know that even if you cry, I will make fun of you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. I would like, I appreciate being called out because I don't want, I don't want anything to change because of this. So I've been in my feelings and maybe being in Nebraska has is maybe the cause, but, uh, like to give you, to give you a little context, I have, I've started, finally started writing my legacy show, which means that if, and when this TV show that I am trying to create ever comes to fruition, my career will be defined by it. That's what I think this legacy show will be. Okay. That's just my opinion. I mean, it could totally be wrong. I could never, there's nothing, but as I mentioned, I've written five seasons of worth of summaries for a teen drama dramedy tv show set in nebraska which i st- which i wrote in high school and actually while being at home my mom unearthed like an entire season that i had thought was lost and gone forever and she found it and let me tell you rereading it is an an embarrassment like there's so ridiculous like, wait you, i have a you me, like, I just a want you to see it, right? okay but i just want you to see this is like this is this is the right this is how small i was writing just annie can't oh. see this but like <laughs> God. Like, it's like it doesn't and it gets smaller like my my it's like so so tiny the writing is so tiny that it's like i don't even know i could barely i had to use a magnifying glass to read it um oh my but, okay, god so I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to get because okay let me just keep going so the pilot episode that i'm currently writing is for a new show that is an evolution of the show that I wrote in high school. And it's basically set in the present day when all of the high, these high school characters have grown up in hopes of me like making it original. Cause I didn't want to write like a, I thought it'd be too, you know, cookie cut or whatever. So um, the female lead in this script has been like particularly hard to write. 
like I, I will say it's not based on like one girl. It's not one person, but it, she's an amalgamation of many different girls from my past. But that's why I've been avoiding writing the script because I knew it would force me to go to places that I didn't want to go. So like mistakes I've made, opportunities I've squandered, love lost, all that shit. But um, I've been like, so I was telling, I think I told you that I've been having like very vivid dreams about this one, one girl. And for the sake of her friend, for her and for the friends that we have in common, like that's all I want to say about the actual relationship because it's not really about necessarily her and like what happened. It's more so like, sort of how this is like it it feels like i'm living this script weirdly enough and i just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it so anyway i'll I'll keep going but like like it was between like she and i like it was an obsession for me which as you can annie can define as a pattern in my love life yeah (laughs) oh my god well, like she didn't. Re- she, okay, so she didn't reciprocate the feelings, at least not publicly necessarily. Like this is also a scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just like just to give you a little bit more context. Like I just like our banter. She and I was like out of control. Like we argued constantly, like playfully and. I mean, I, she like drove me nuts, but she like also drove me nuts in a good way. So I'm just this like, isn't, this isn't about me, is it? <laughs> Maybe you're probably in there. No, no. But like, honestly, okay. I'll, like all my friends also would be like, you're giving this girl way, way, way too much credit. But like, God damn it. I am a writer and I'm sensitive and like, you can't help how you feel. Do I know this person? You don't. Um, but like, I don't know. I just, so anyway, the dream that got me really depressing involved us. Like we were, we, I was, we were in bed together, not like sexually, but we were, (laughs) it wasn't a sexual dream, but we were in bed together on like a Sunday morning and it was in our house and she was pregnant. And like, we were just like, I mean, it was just like a normal like whatever. And I think what's weird about it is that like that, and, and obviously it is my subconscious, like, because that's how I kind of think if like I had, like, I think I've talked about this too. Like if I hadn't gone to LA or like if I had zigged instead of zagged, like maybe that's how my life would have been. And what's so weird is that this script depicts that too. Like I wrote, I mean, obviously it all like comes in together, but it's just hard because it like, I had to stop writing it like this week because I was just like there's too much it's too much overload it's too much emotion and it gets me thinking about all like the coulda woulda shouldas you know about what should I have done that or why didn't I do that or why didn't I like it was it's just everything and it's so weird how you how you how that comes to play and like again being in Nebraska where the where this all happened and everything it doesn't make it any easier but and this show isn't like a choose your own adventure type thing, but it's just that the main character uh, in the TV show is basically dealing with the same thing. He's thinking about the life he could have led as opposed to the life he's leading. And I don't know. I just like, I got like really, I was like really in my feelings. It was on yeah. Sunday and I was like, Oh my God, like, why am I, why am I like digging up all this, 
crap. Like, what is your, like, I don't, it wasn't even anything that I don't, I mean, obviously I was writing the script, but I had, I hadn't written any, I w- wasn't writing the day before. And so I don't know. Have you ever felt like, have, has that ever, have you ever, maybe not in the same way, but if you ever had like crazy vivid dreams or I don't know. I, just, I mean, yeah, I've definitely had crazy vivid dreams, but not in the same like way. No, not even close. I mean, I've had like crazy vivid dreams of things that would like never actually happen in real life. <laughs> but where I've like woken up. Well, I mean, I don't know if she, she might say that this would never actually happen. True. Touche. Touche. That's true. She probably would before you even told the whole story. It'd be like, that's not possible. Calm down. Not possible at all. So, wait. I. Okay, do you want to know what my opinion about why you're having these yeah, are? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So, I do think, like you and I have talked about before, like, I don't think that you've ever fully let go of Nebraska as being home. Yeah. And not necessarily, like, let go of it in that sense, because, like, Nebraska will always be where I grew up and where my parents live, and my parents' house is home. But... Yeah. Like, even when I'm leaving Nebraska, like, after Christmas or something, I say, like, oh, I'm heading back home. Meaning yeah. LA. Because at this point, yeah. like, this is where I have home. Um, right. And so I have a feeling, like, digging into kind of those things is maybe digging up things that you, like, didn't ever realize that you hadn't let go yet. Yeah, totally. No, I think, I think you're a hundred percent right. And I think also, I mean, just like the life that I lead and like being, like being single and, you know, living a lot. I mean, I think that all, there's a lot of all those factors too. And I think, I think really, honestly, it made me think about, and actually hopefully it's enhanced the script possibly, but like, I just think coming home like to your hometown can be hard. And like you see people because I think you see people who are once on your same path, like you're all on the same path, you know, in high school, you're on the same path in college, you're on the same path. And then all of a sudden, you know, I haven't been in college for 10 years. And so you look at back, you look now and all of these people, now you're not even on the same street, you know, you're on like yeah. totally different. Everyone's on, and we've talked about this before, but it's just like, it's great to see how everyone's accomplished, but it's hard not to compare yourself. And I know that it happens on both sides, but it also just was weird. I, after the, after I was less depressed the next day, I thought, okay, you know, this is, I really believe in this story. And I believe that I, I also believe that I had to go through this stuff in order to write this story. Cause there wouldn't be, I wouldn't have this, I wouldn't have this inspiration, mm-hmm. but I get, again, that's like why I've been like avoiding writing it. I've been trying to write this show for like years. And I just yeah. can't because I'm like, I can't, I don't want to go to that place. I don't want to go back there because it is like a love letter. Yeah. I mean, it really is. So it's well, just I like, think also, I, like, I just don't feel like this. I don't feel this way most of the time. I, I like suppress it all down. Well, yeah, but you also have to stop doing that because it's okay that even though you live out here, like, and live non-traditional isn't the right word but from where we come from everyone in their yeah, 30s totally. is very no that is the right word I think yeah so like we live a very non-traditional life out here and it's I think you always fight admitting that you want a bit of a traditional life yeah I agree. you want a life Absolutely. you want kids you want a house with a fence and a yard and all of that like 
And I think you just naturally suppress all that down because maybe you think you can't get it here, but you can, and it's possible if yeah. you would fucking go on a date. Well, okay, then, then, then riddle me this. Can we start working on Kylie Jenner then? This is where I am the episode. Are you free? Literally, I thought you were freeze-framed like this. But you no, were no, no, so no. That you couldn't even bring yourself. No, I just wanted to, like, hold it so you knew my point I was making. Also, you wouldn't find Kylie Jenner in Nebraska. So, let's, like. Fine, fine, fine. I just, it just, that shit, this shit has just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just like. Also, though, imagine if you were living in Nebraska and you were going out with your married friends and trying to pick up 21-year-olds. All right. Okay. It's not 21, okay? It's a little I had to tell you (laughs) to up the age from 21, and I believe I said 26 or 27, and what is it at now? I think, what is it at? 21. 23. 23. Which is still too low. Well, I didn't go back to 21. I didn't go back to 21. That's progress. If you were in Nebraska at 32, almost 30, you're almost 33, right? Yeah. Almost 33 years old. Okay. Oh, that's hence the almost. You're almost 33 years old. If you were in Nebraska trying to pick up a 22 or 23 year old, they would arrest you for pedophilia. All right, point taken. Point okay. Taken. I got it. Thank you. Well, but maybe you that's what your dream is. That's maybe also what your dream is telling you is that you do want. Now I'm getting serious again. I'm not going to keep making fun of you. That so you want okay. that life, and so you have to kind of let yourself explore that in a very real way, yeah. not in a joke around about it type of thing. Right. You're right. I do. I do really want to thank you for indulging me um, with this. It was just like I. I just. I thought. I mean, maybe people won't even find this interesting at all. But I just was like very. I was just surprised by my by myself. This happens when I write, but I was just really surprised. I think that there's uh, a lot of shit in your. I mean, just like all of us. Like I have it too. Yeah. I have some shit that I suppress that I should definitely need to work out. But I think there is a lot that you just don't want to acknowledge because of the way that we grew up. And we've talked about this before, like therapy in the the Midwest is like a curse word. So I think that like, I just think that you have to like, let yourself feel those things. I agree. You just got it. You just got to do it. Cause it's like, you're right. And it's cathartic. I mean, it really is. It is, it is as terrible as it is. You, you know, I feel like, I feel more, um, I feel, I definitely feel better. Okay. Well, Good. I have a surprise. Anyway, moving forward. I have a, enough about that shit. I surprise, I have a little surprise for you. Okay. Um, for our last, for our final second, I'm going to be quick. Um, but I want to revisit a topic. So we want to go to revisiting. Uh Oh, are you excited? Okay. So last we, week on the podcast, we, hold on. What do we want to do? We're revisit, revisit, revisiting. We're revisiting something. Revisiting. Revisiting. Yes. Okay. Thank so you. last week on the podcast, we talked about how I went to Starbucks and paid with exact change. And you gave me so much crap about it. Do you remember? Yes. And it was well-deserved. Okay. Well, according to the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, who I just found out about today, 
told Congress on Wednesday that the circulation of physical coinage ground to a halt amid the coronavirus outbreak, but that the central bank is working to fix the flow. The topic came to light, um, basically, the topic came to light when the central banks became aware that any shortages in production and distribution of currency um, were significantly lowered. And he says, what happens is, with the partial closure of the economy, the flow of coins to the economy has kind of stopped. The places where you go to give your coins and credit, those have not been working. So basically, in essence, is what I was saying is that I'm stimulating the economy with my coin, with my coin thing. So here's my question. Why does that matter? Why does the flow of coins matter at all to the Federal Reserve? Because it's just about all about, it's all about stimulation. And you know, I love to stimulate. But wouldn't it be the same, like, I don't understand why paying what's your how much does your coffee cost? Three forty one or something like that? Four thirty three. Actually it's it's more expensive in Nebraska than LA. Oh, that is the only thing that's more expensive in Nebraska. The only thing. Um okay, the one thing I buy is only I I just spit so much all over <laughs> it's right, four thirty three. Okay, wait, why would it be different for the for the economy or the Federal Reserve, if you pay 433 on a debit card or 433 in coins, mm, I don't know. It just says that they're they're a little bit concerned. They say um, he says he also says so. So when a whole system of flow has kind of come to a stop, uh, we're well aware of it. We're working with the Mint and we're working with the Reserve Bank. And as the economy reopens, we're seeing coins begin to move around again. So basically they said it is a, um, let me see if I can find it. Is it just like a general indicator of people spending money or not? I think so. It says companies that generate a significant portion of their revenues in physical cash, including restaurants and convenience bars, would normally deposit their earnings at local banks. That regular activity in conjunction with regular inflows of new money from from U.S. Mint helps resupply the nation's banks with coinage and then reallocates back into local circulation. So, I mean, I'm doing the Lord's work. Okay, first of all, you can't even explain to me why the hell it matters. <laughs> so, no, you're not. I don't care. I don't care. I'll just, I just read this article. This comes to us. This comes to us from my friend Greg Williams, who listens to our podcast every Hi, week. Greg. I love Greg. You know Greg. Annie knows yeah. Greg. We had a great time in Santa Monica. Getting very drunk. Um, <laughs> yes. But he sent this to me and, um, you know. Okay. So well, I maybe just we need to, to have Greg on here to explain to us why it matters. Well, he would know. He would know because he's in something in finance. Well, he, okay. Here's my thing. I know that you brought this today to really try to stick it to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I just want you to know that you failed epically because now I just need more. Now you're just going to have to do more research about why it matters. God, I don't want to do any more work. Exactly. I just, you know, does does my point make sense though, where I'm kind of like 433 from, I think it's probably just a general indicator, which means that your $4.33 is not doing shit to, to the flow of coins. Other than making sure that each one of those people that comes in contact with those coins is now leaving work with the coronavirus. 
And with that, we'll end the episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, make sure that you are following us, all, all of us, all three of us, two of us. Make sure you're following all three of the accounts on Instagram at nobody's pod at Annie underscore Welk at Bryce advice. It's all the same on TikTok. Twitter is at nobody's the pod. Our personals are the same. You can always email us at no expert, all opinion at gmail.com. Thanks guys. We hope you have an amazing weekend and more importantly, a safe and healthy week. Thanks guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded in a small, crummy apartment in North Hollywood, California. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.